0: Hey, everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Heil. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud and get it automatically. You can also check out the show on Stitcher if you use that. Like the podcast on Facebook at slash MyFirstSketch. You can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com or follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. Today's guest is Matt Allcamp, a member of the hey We're Cool Collective and the host of Dungeon Pals. His first sketch is a Twilight Zone parody, meant to be set during the original 1960s series, sort of a lost episode kind of thing. Matt Allcamp plays the Rod Serling role, Joe Moore plays Ted, I play the doctor and then the wife, and Matt J plays Manny. So let's go to the sketch.
1: What if you lived in a place where even the most basic principles of attraction and family were called into question? What if boys and girls don't like each other and candy canes were shaped like pretzels? Put yourself in a place where nothing is sacred and no rule can't be broken. Put yourself in the Twilight Zone.
2: Well, Doc, you see... I've been having these... these... marital troubles. So why come to me, Ted? I'm a medical doctor, not a therapist. Well, uh... that's the trouble. I think my problem is medical, if you know what I mean. I haven't the slightest clue, Ted. Well... the marriage ain't working so well... because... I'm not working so well. Are you talking about your erection? Well... well, yeah. I... I guess I am. Oh, boy. So it just won't work,
0: is what you're saying. Nope. Not at all. Have you asked her to take off her clothes?
2: Yeah. And still nothing.
0: All right. I'm going to show you some pictures, and you tell me what you think. Okay. Okay. What do you see here, Ted?
2: It's a lady with no clothes on. Hmm. Curious. You didn't say a pretty lady with no clothes on. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. She's pretty. She's a pretty lady with no clothes on.
0: I see. Tell me, Ted, when was the last time it
2: worked? I, uh, I don't know. About two weeks ago? And what happened two weeks ago? They they put a new group shower in down at the factory. I remember it working then. They let ladies work in the factory now? Oh, hell no. Just me and the guys. So, wait.
0: You got an erection in the shower with men, with no naked, lady, no naked women around? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I did. I don't think that's possible. I can't help you if you're going to just lie to me.
2: I ain't lying. Doc, you gotta help me. I don't know what's happening to me. Please, Ted. What you're describing couldn't possibly be the truth. Come back when you're willing to tell me the truth. Well, fine. Doc, if you ain't going to believe me, I don't want to be here anyway. Thanks for nothing. Door slam.
3: We're in a bar now. who <laughs> oh. boy, that there's some problem, Ted. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm going crazy. You see that gal that come in over there? That there's one fine looking bird.
2: Yeah. Yeah, see, Manny? It's just... It's not just this one problem. It's like, I ain't been even interested in kissing my wife these days either.
3: Ain't interested in kissing your wife. She's your wife. That's what you do with wives. I know,
2: I know. Manny, what's going on with me? I don't know.
3: Look at her. Look at that dress. I'd love to get a piece of that, I tell you what. Ted, Ted, I say, I'd love to get a piece of that. I tell you what. Oh yeah, sorry, I didn't notice. What's with you tonight, Ted? You haven't eyed up a single dame that's come into this joint, and I'm pretty sure you've been staring at that group of college boys down at the end there. Oh, oh dear lord, I have. I don't know what's going on, but you better knock it off. It's like you're playing some kind of joke on me. I, I ain't.
2: I swear I ain't.
3: No, no, maybe I'm going crazy here, Ted. Tell me I'm going crazy.
2: Crazy how, Manny?
3: If I didn't know any better, if, if I even thought it was possible, I'd say, I'd say you don't like women. You like men, but I'm a man. I'm a man, manny, I'm a man. Get, get away from me, Ted. Don't touch me. Whatever you got, I don't want to catch it.
2: Manny, no, please. Tell me it ain't true. You don't really believe that.
3: I, I don't know what to believe anymore, Ted. Excuse me I. I gotta get going.
2: Oh, no, don't. Manny! 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 What is happening to me? All
0: right, car pulls up to the house, the door opens.
2: Ted, is that you? Where have you been all night? I. I ain't been nowhere. I've been waiting up with dinner. It's gone cold by now. Cold? Hot? <laughs> Was it difference anymore? You're drunk. Drunk, regular. (laughs) Was it difference anymore? I don't understand, sweetheart. What happened? I. (laughs) You're gonna think I'm crazy. Please, whatever it is, we can figure it out. Please, honey, what is it? I. Yes? I kissed a man! (gasps) (sighs) You're. You're joking. You must be. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Darling, it does. It happened. But men don't kiss men. Men kiss women. this This doesn't make sense. Listen to me. It happened. I don't understand, but it happened. I'm calling Dr. Jameson. You're raving. I was just with the doctor. He doesn't know what's happening to me. I don't know what's happening to me. Ted, you're scaring me. I have to go. I'm I'm staying with my mother. Please, just get yourself together. Call me when you start making
0: sense. The wife leaves and slams the door. The man drops to his knees and begins to sob.
1: See a man. A man whose life no longer makes sense. A man alone and confused. A man divided by his understanding of reality and his own experience. A man who is impossible is possible. In the Twilight Zone.
0: Hey, Matt. Hey. How's it going? All right. So, you came in with a sketch, and <sighs> apparently you don't write sketches down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really hard when you <laughs> you asked me to be on the show, and I really
1: wanted to do it. I like talking... Full stop. <laughs> uh, and, um, but what, what, when I started doing sketch comedy, I almost never, and I s- still kind of don't write sketches down at all. Mm. Um, I don't understand how that's sketch comedy at that point, but. Like. <laughs> it was more of a process. It was more of a. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, that's a fair point. It was more of a process of like um, uh, me and my sketch group especially at that time would one of us would bring a premise like hey wouldn't it be funny if this thing and we'd toss it around for a bit and we'd add lines and
0: you, then you work it out on your on its feet like on your feet more than just like sitting in front of a computer
1: yeah exactly we would just get up and we'd start doing it and then halfway through one of us would be like i don't like that direction mm. let's stop and let's start it again with this or okay. i don't like that line change this line yeah okay. and we would just do it over and over and over again until we felt like it was a fully functional sketch.
0: Okay, so where did this idea come from? Do you remember, like, the seed of this idea of the Twilight Zone? Oh, oh
1: that, no, we're gonna actually talk about the shitty sketch oh, that everyone for just heard it. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, I was. I was watching a lot of Twilight Zone and I realized how just incredibly overdramatic everybody was Mm -hmm. about everything. And sometimes the plots of a Twilight Zone would be like these incredibly simple things where it's just like uh, somebody was experiencing some sort of break in reality or uh, or or some sort of bout with insanity, and they couldn't just plainly explain right. that to anybody. So the whole uh, like most Twilight Zone episodes are somebody dancing around what they're experiencing, mm-hmm. and everybody else uh, either reacting wildly or just being confused. Right. Um, and I thought, what if it was something as mundane as somebody being gay? And I was especially thinking about like if this took place like a long time ago when right uh, if this, attitudes if, were very different.
0: This very well could have been an episode in the '60s because you know with, you know the attitudes that they were at that point. Like, what do you mean, guy? Men kiss women? Like, right? Like,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's something such so so simple and so mundane that but people can't even people can't even fathom that it exists.
0: Right. Uh. Um, So where do you start with comedy when when do you start getting involved when you or how do you start getting involved what do you start doing. first? Um,
1: So I guess I was in my uh, early 20s and I had a really boring office job where I would just uh, basically I would get a list of account numbers I'd type them into a computer and then change like there was a there was a field that would if it said 303 i'd change it to 304 and then go to the next account number okay. and if it said 304 already i would just not do anything and that was my whole day so um i got i started getting into podcasts um uh yeah and uh i got into them so much that m- much like everyone who was getting into podcasts in the early 2000s or uh mid 2000s I wanted to start one of my own, mm-hmm. so I started doing some like, I started planning on doing some sort of like uh, pop culture chat show that I ended up doing, um, but while planning it, I met this dude named Alvaro, who was doing his own podcast with a local stand-up uh, Alex Perlman. Okay, it was called Two Mustaches, and it was a sketch comedy podcast, um, and they were like. I, I met this guy, Averoni was like, hey, you're kind of funny. Do you want to write sketches with me?
0: Okay. And I was like,
1: I, I guess so. I have no idea how to write sketches. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's okay. Just just come over to my house one day. And so I came, we went over to his house, and that's how we started this, like, weird process of writing sketches without writing sketches. Right. Um, he was just like, well, throw me some, like, funny ideas. And we just started tossing around basically, like, that easy early sketch stuff, fake commercials. Mm-hmm. Um and then we'd just uh we'd toss them around for a second record them right there and then
0: move on so uh, th- like these were all like video pieces more than like
1: no these were audio
0: okay okay oh right 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 with the yeah. podcasting and everything
1: yeah yeah um i don't think you can uh find it the podcast was called too much stashes i don't think you can find it anywhere on the internet anymore um
0: i'll do some digging <laughs>
1: okay If you find it, please (laughs) let me know. Uh, And then, uh, so uh, I can get them all removed from the internet. No, uh, I'm sure Alex and Alvaro did some funny stuff, but all my episodes can be gone.
0: Uh, So two must, you start with two mustaches. Mm -hmm. Let's backpedal. What are you watching? What are you into? What is your comedy fandom growing up?
1: Right. So like, I came to comedy late. Like I literally came to comedy through podcasts. Okay, I came to comedy in like two thousand. So you
0: weren't even like like you weren't like a sitcom kid or like. I watched like Friends and SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. Like I liked That's... I
1: liked cartoons and I liked the, like some of the worst sitcoms. Okay, um, and I liked The Simpsons. I guess I liked The Simpsons a lot. I liked Weird Al Yankovic a lot. <laughs> That's
0: all fine. Like you're right, like...
1: but it didn't it didn't like spark that like right. I don't have that story of like watching SNL with my dad every week and right. and, and saying one day I'm gonna be like Chris Kattan. <laughs>
0: uh, I mean that's fine. Like you dancing no. with the stars twenty years later. Yeah, like,
1: I mean I turned into Chris Kattan all on my own. <laughs> 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 uh, and I, I don't have the and I don't have like a yeah and I don't have a story. But you, I like, mean you,
0: okay, so you do have a base of Weird Al mm-hmm. Simpsons like. Before you get into the podcast, what are the podcasts that you're...
1: So then, yeah, so then I I was, I I came across, like, uh, the Jesse Thorne, the Maximum Fun Mm -hmm. Network. I I came across uh, his show, um, The Sound of Young America. Right. Before, now it's called Bullseye. Um, And there was just, like, so many, there was a bunch of, like, comic book writers, and they they might be, he did an interview with They Might Be Giants. And there was, like, a bunch of really cool... uh, it, it, like, the episodes used to just be titled the person he was interviewing, and there were so many cool people, and then even more people that I didn't know at all. Mm-hmm. So it just started from the very beginning, and just started listening forward, and that's how I found out, like, that Mr. Show existed, or that Paul F. Tompkins was a person, mm. or, uh, like, like every bit of comedy Every bit of like modern comedy that I would learn about would be just listening to ev- like obsessively every single episode back to back. Now, when
0: when you find out about Mr. Show, Paul mm-hmm. Tompkins, are you diving in and like looking into Mr. Show? Like- yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, every time I come across anything that I don't, I haven't heard or seen, I go and find it and watch it or mm-hmm. listen to it or whatever. Um, and but like basically at this point. I'm already starting to do comedy. Right. Um, so there's very little time for me to obsess about
0: it until I was actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like a full, like, oh, I have all this homework homework done, let's like go to it. It's like, oh, I'm actually already doing it without knowing. Like Yeah, yeah. And it's like, let's see how other
1: people do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure there were a lot of sketches back then of me just having my eyes open to like, Andy Daly and then I'm sure that I just did an Andy Daly character on a show you know like I, I know very specifically I was into uh Tom Sharpling's The Best Show on WFMU and I know uh his sketches that he used to do with John well used to still does with John Worcester were such a like blew me away so much that I would just half of the sketches I pitched were just a straight man talking to a crazy character for like 30 minutes because that's what happened on the best show on (laughs) WFMU. And so all my sketches ended up being like, like having these twists and turns that lasted for like the better part of
0: an hour. But I think, Oh, I think that whole straight man, crazy character, I think everyone goes through that. Like, you know, like everyone does those sketches. I have a, like this one, the one, Oh, my first sketch is basically straight man, crazy character <laughs> yeah. to an extent. Like, um, it where, just, you almost just broke the time stream. I, I know. I just I I realized that as I was saying it out loud. <laughs> um. let's, uh, let's not explain <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, so where does Hey, We're Cool come in? Oh, okay. Uh, or is, like, yeah, that's a... Build the gap to...
1: Our, sure, sure. That's a huge jump. So, okay, um... So two mustaches eventually did a live show. It was my first time ever performing comedy, uh, at all. Uh, mm-hmm. They did a live show in Westchester with like, um, who was on it? Chip Chantry and Secret Pants uh, and Megan Rob. Okay. Pretty uh, solid lineup. Yeah, it was pretty. Cr- I think
0: for that, your first show yeah. in front of people. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so uh, yeah. So I I ended up in. They, they did like four sketches. I ended up in three of them, um, and that was crazy. I remember uh, it was a weird day for me. Like, can I can I tell you this like very weird? It's completely tangential. You can story. say whatever you want. Like, uh, so, uh, <laughs> on my, I, I grew up with a with a sister and a stepsister, and that was it until. <laughs> This one day, uh, when I, the first day I was ever to perform comedy, I was driving to the venue, It's called The Note, it was Bam Margera's old right, bar. Right, right,
0: yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so I, was, I remember that being a thing. Yeah, sure. until,
1: like, an old woman beat, like, an, the next door neighbor, like, an old woman beat him with a baseball bat because of noise complaints, and then he quit <laughs> owning the bar, and then the bar <laughs> folded, like, two years later. <laughs> uh, so, um... I, uh, I was on my way and my dad calls me and uh, he leaves like this urgent sounding voicemail. So I call him back and I'm like, hey dad, guess what? Uh, I, I haven't told you anything about this, but you know what's really cool? I'm on my way to perform comedy for the first time <laughs> in my life. And he was always a huge comedy fan. I think he always wanted to be a comedian. So it was like, uh, so I thought he'd be super excited and happy for me. And he was like, oh, um, okay. Well, just, how about you just call me back tomorrow? Oh God. I was like, like oh shit uh hey, wait hold on what what's up what's going on and he was like uh you know what i don't i don't want to i don't want to worry you with this let's uh, just talk tomorrow and i was like well now this is all i'm going to be able to think about i'm thinking he was like getting divorced or like right. had cancer or like crazy things are going through my mind uh and then, those were
0: the first two things i thought too in yeah, the story <laughs> exactly
1: and uh so what he uh what he says is he's like, okay, uh, I just got in touch with an old friend of mine, actually an old girlfriend of mine from high school, and apparently I have a 30-year-old daughter what? that I never knew about.
0: Oh, my gosh. And
1: she just had a kid, so you not only have a long-lost half-sister, you also uh, are an uncle.
0: <laughs> Whoa!
1: <laughs> and that was my, I was like three hours before the <laughs> first time i would ever perform comedy in front of human beings um that's crazy yeah
0: like so all right so you're doing a show at the note yeah, okay yeah so we, we can Band major ban may or may not be there
1: <laughs> i'm pretty i'm <laughs> pretty sure he wasn't even if he was there like uh, that, you, you i lived in westchester you run into that guy from here <laughs> every now and then it's not not a fun experience to end (laughs) up in the same bar with that dude um so okay so yeah so then um the same group of people me and alvaro and alex and uh a friend of ours that was on my podcast and was also like helping out with two mustaches occasionally um kyle we all decided to start our own live sketch show okay and so Above a coffee shop in downtown Westchester, we did a show called The Wind Show. Okay. Uh, that was like a brand new, like full... And the show was ended up being like usually two, three... It was like a slog. It was like a, a two, two and a half, sometimes three hour long sketch show. Wow. That was all <laughs> completely... That's- <laughs> uh we we eventually uh hammered that out into like a like we eventually learned how to put on a show but for those first like maybe five it was insane um and we would put it on for our friends and people like random townies yeah um just like all original sketch comedy every month mm-hmm. we would write a brand Cause, i mean because you think westchester
0: there's at least a college there like yeah w- there's a there's there's a possible audience so like
1: yeah, I, I think or even even our last show Theoretically that we, there's a possible audience. Exactly. Even the last show we did, we were like, Well, there's a possible audience <laughs> here. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh and was, you know, Alex was getting into stand up uh well, I guess he'd been doing stand up for a while, but he was doing it more in the city, and so he would bring stand ups in from mm-hmm. the city to like, you know, uh to perform on our show in between sketches and uh, I don't know, it was fun. We did that for like two and a half years eventually uh alex perlman left and a guy named pat reber who i had known in high school and it just randomly happened upon oh that's crazy our happened upon our show um he showed up and then he was like hey just so you guys know i uh i also kind of do comedy and we we're like all right dude cool because we'd heard that <laughs> constantly like, we constantly heard being in this like small town having no connection to like a comedy scene or whatever <laughs> we constantly had people coming up to us being like Hey, uh, my friends all say I'm funny. (laughs) I should be on your show. Um, And, like, literally that bold. Like, I I remember a guy at Radio Shack once. We were buying, like, lights. Or you wouldn't buy lights at Radio Shack. We were buying some equipment for the show at Radio Shack. And the guy was like, what is this for? And like, "Oh, we do a comedy show in town. He's like, hey, I'm funny. Put me on your show. (laughs) Like, just, like, that bold. And it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Do you have, like, do you have, like, stuff online we can see? And he's like, no, no, no. I just uh, – I always thought it was funny. Like, See, there's a part of me that really
0: wishes that was a thing where, like, you know, oh, I have a show. Yeah, put me on your show. Okay. Okay. And then, and then just see what happens. Like, <laughs> I, <just put> <laughs> like yeah. I am so curious about that now. Like, screw my first sketch. Let's figure that out. Um,
1: like, I was also curious about that, and – uh and I advocated doing it a lot until <laughs> one time I was going to do that with a kid who was who was doing the exact same thing, and um, he, uh, we, there was also an open mic at the upstairs of that coffee shop that we would all go to a lot, and mm-hmm. we saw this kid, uh, show up to this open mic, and he was like going to go do his first thing, he was going to do stand up for the first time. And like the, the first words out of his mouth were, hey, I'm whatever his name was, I have no idea now. Hey, I'm whatever. I'm I'm not gay. I'm not a and he used the F the the slur for gay that yeah. starts with F. Um and then just pauses for laughter. <laughs> uh, and it's like that it was like, yeah, let's not just let crazy people um he also pitched a sketch where uh, they were, he, him and his friends would all put on boxes like they're in cars, and then uh, the cars would cut each other off, and then he would yell, uh, like he would yell at them about how bad they were at driving, and then another bad driving situation would come out, happen, and he'd insult them and yell at them how bad they, that was. Anyway. Uh, Sounds great. So. Okay, so <laughs> this guy Pat Reber, Alex Perman leaves. this guy, Pat Rever, joins. The, sk- the show gets weirder and weirder. We, we end up doing like all this, like we, we start diverting away from sketch and start doing this like more like experimental stuff. We did like, like one time we just we had a sketch that we had done a ton of times, and we decided to just t- pluck a character out of that sketch that was a, a completely inconsequential character. We wrote an entire movie and filmed an entire movie about this character in the sketch and then we played it at a show, then did this dumb sketch where this character comes in, delivers one line, and leaves, mm-hmm. and they'd just seen an entire movie <laughs> about this character, and then they see this dumb sketch that relates to it zero percent, and then the last thing, the guy comes in, shoots one of the characters, and walks out. Uh, like, one time we did a show, since the show was called The Wind Show, we were very clever, we did a show called The Fail Show, where we started the show with a sketch that wasn't going very well, and then one of us would break character and start yelling at the other people about how bad this sh- sketch was going. Mm-hmm. And then the other people, the other members of the troupe would yell back uh, and then kick, and I was this person, I was the person who interrupted the sketch and they'd kick me off stage and then they'd try it again with one of the other members mm-hmm. and I'd walk around the audience asking the people in the audience if they thought the sketch going, <laughs> going on on stage was any good. Um, and like just like we uh, uh, intentionally sabotaging our own show. Were the
0: like did the audience catch that like that that was the purpose of it like.
1: So yeah, that that show. So we we spent that entire show fake arguing on stage, letting sketches break down in the middle, and then just not resuming them. Mm-hmm. At one point, we pretended that the video player was broken and just. Kept playing the same sketch over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then we just, then we're like, we can't shut it off. Sorry, we don't know how to shut it (laughs) off. So we just let it play over top of us doing other sketches
0: Mm -hmm.
1: with the audio from the sketch coming out of the speakers. And then at some point, for no reason whatsoever, it changes from this sketch that's playing over and over to the last uh, five minutes of There Will Be Blood. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I just placed that over and over. It was the most insane thing and afterwards people just came up to us and they were like, hey, that was a weird that was a rough one, right? <laughs> what happened? What you guys like you guys like couldn't get on the same page about what sketches you wanted? It's like you thought that was real. You thought that's how humans would behave in this setting? We could have unplugged
0: the projector. <laughs> There's yeah, there's like four different ways of fixing the projector problem, yeah. and just moving on with life. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, but people thought that the thing was entirely real, which I'm guessing is this just them communicating to us. Like this wasn't a fun theater-going <laughs> experience. <laughs> this wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Like Um. So a- after a while, you know, we all become busy with stuff. Uh, uh Alvaro uh, does. Al- Alvar is a rapper uh he raps under the name MC Blackwolf um Kyle was managing a restaurant and so the the wind show just kind of goes away mm. but me and Pat are still hanging around at this point we started visiting the city mm. and going to sketch Up or shut Up, and uh started like making friends with cool people in Philly comedy and uh and we're still really interested in less, less the sketch and more of these weird experimental ideas right. that we've had. Um, so one time at a party, uh, we, the, with the, I think it was Jackie Baker's party. Um, we're hanging out with Jackie Baker and Matt Schmidt and Chris McGrail and Peter Rambo. Um, and we're all like, hey, let's just, let's do a weird show together. That has like maybe like some sketch elements like has like characters burst in here or there
0: yeah because I, th- I think uh I talked to Pete Rambo about this mm-hmm. and if, if I'm remembering correctly because Pete's a generally a quiet guy either you felt that he didn't like you That's true. or or like okay, so there was that kind of like
1: yeah I mean I slight think
0: tension of just like mistaking Pete's quietness for contempt for you or something like yeah uh, yes that happened that was true <laughs> like cuz um, cuz I asked him how he got started he was like yeah matt all camp thought I didn't like him and I was just you know just not talking to people <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i mean well he once would later reveal to me because of that that way that we in the wind show used to write sketches where we didn't write anything down. We never had scripts, so we would get up on stage and we'd be working out a sketch to see what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm. But it looked like we had just memorized. We had all memorized our scripts, right? Um, and he once would later tell me that he did think we were assholes <laughs> <laughs> because Sketch or Shut Up was supposed to be like a like a like a a, a venue where you walked on stage with a script right, in your hand it. and like you were just testing out material and i guess he thought we were coming on <laughs> with fully fleshed out material to like <laughs> to like show off <laughs> but but i i get i think by the time when i when i still thought p rambo hated me for a long time when i i guess he was just a quiet quiet <laughs> man uh but i think everyone hates me i kind of uh, I think everybody in the room currently maybe hates me, like, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but Pete was, like, the dude for this. Like, we all had this conversation, and me and Pat had been planning it out for a while. But Pete was, I think, the guy who, like, sent the emails and set the
0: date. And I was made, say, he's, like, he's very organized and yes. very, like, and with this chaotic process that you guys go through, like, of working through everything, it's good to have someone who can, like, you know, hone, keep things together, like.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Uh, the Hayward the, 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 hey, Cole would not have happened without Pete Rambo. <laughs> he just, he. Because the thing that we did with Hayward Cole was we took out even the structure of sketch comedy mm-hmm. and we just did all the chaotic stuff, right. all the chaos. And, like, so we would be sitting around uh, Jackie Baker's living room drinking, for some reason, I remember this from that first Hey, We're Cool meeting, drinking straight Kahlua. <laughs> I think Chris McGrail found a bottle of straight Kahlua, and he was like, can I have some? And we were all like, yeah, let's all have some. And we were all just drinking glasses of straight Kahlua and talking about like these crazy ideas of, like, let's, let's have the audience... Propel us into a war on Twitter with Mm -hmm. somebody that we don't even know who it is. Like they vote on (laughs) who on Twitter we should get into a argument with, and we'll just start a whole Twitter war. Or let's have a a pumpkin carving contest, but the pumpkins are three months old. So, (laughs) so, so we bring people on stage and then reveal three rotten pumpkins (laughs) and make them carve. Like we just come up. We're just coming up. We're throwing the craziest ideas, uh, and then Pete. And, uh, like and I think I walked away from that first meeting going, hey, there's, "There's this isn't going to happen. This isn't <laughs> a show. This is just a bunch of lunacy." And then Pete sends like an email that very succinctly details <laughs> each bit we discussed and how it could work in the show. And it's like, "Oh fuck, we got a show!" <laughs> um, and I can't tell you how many times that happened. That I feel I feel like we were all just yelling nonsense at each other. And then Pete is like, "Okay, well we have uh, four bits and one character and."
0: uh do you have a favorite moment from hey we're cool like is there a particular um y- yeah i think shit
1: um i have i have a bunch but my i i think my favorite my favorite moment was a there was a there was a show we did called um I don't know what I don't fucking actually remember. I think we called it the Satan Show, where we were trying to break all ten commandments, and <laughs> then summon Satan at the end of the show. And um, we we did things like we like for Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. We had like a we had a, a burlesque dancer come on and show her wedding ring to the audience <laughs> and then dance burlesque. We, and then we had a um for Thou shalt not kill. We couldn't figure out how to do it like convincingly, so we like. Uh, brought a plant out and uh, we named the plant and then we just immediately started trying to kill the plant (laughs) and just something about us giving it a name made everybody very upset about it. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, I don't know. There was this end of that show where we (laughs) had just, before the show we had cut open some stuffed animals, filled their stomachs with sandwich bags full of fake blood oh my gosh. and so we had just like like and w- at this point we'd been told that the um, bartender is not happy with us There are things that we've done in this show That she's not happy with And we're on stage And I think for, in my memory we're shirtless But I don't know that that's true And we just ripped open with razor blades These like stuffed animals And blood starts spilling out of them From them on the ground And we're like chanting a satanic prayer We had literally just looked up With the audience's help on our phones And it's just like This is and In my head it's just like is this supposed? This is comedy, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is this something I'm just allowed to do? <laughs> um, and you're still allowed back in Letage. Like. Yeah, yeah. She, well, she was mad because the first attempt to kill the plant was we poured actual bleach onto it. <laughs> 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 so we brought actual bleach into our bar and
0: removed it from its <laughs> container. <laughs> um, I had never gone to the Hayward Cool show at LaTage because you were always up against Iron Sketch. That's true. And I loved Iron Sketch, so you guys always lost out. I'm sorry. Fuck. Uh, So most of my experience with Hayward Cool is during Black Friday Comedy Marathon. Okay. And there's a particular thing in Black Friday Comedy Marathon that has come up multiple times, and I want everyone's, like, point of view about it, little Lord Fauntleroy uh, God <laughs> God. I got
1: nervous when and I didn't even know that was coming. Uh I got nervous
0: when you said that.
1: Um,
0: uh, because you know, I've talked to P. I've, I th- um so you were very much against it like well, or okay. at least I
1: was I was very much for the bit. Um It the, okay. So for the for the Black Friday comedy marathon, we would ha- we had to like write like 40 bits. Yeah. Um, and, like, that we'd perform during this, like, 36 and then 38 and then 40-hour-long extravaganza, and, uh, even our writing sessions would get long and, like, exhaustive, and I remember towards the end of a bit, uh, towards the end of a writing session, we were standing out front of Pat Reber's house, and we were, I I think Chris McGrail was the dude that was the one who suggested it, and he was like... He he pitched this sketch, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Where um. I, where I don't even fucking remember how it began. How
0: much do you remember about how it began? I just I I don't remember full, up, but like. I remember it actually happening with Brian Kelly dressed up as yeah. Fauntleroy, and then what I found out is that the Maybe. original pitch was you. The original pitch, or was, or at one point it was supposed to be you. That's true. And you didn't had no desire, right, to so, be dressed up as Lord Fauntleroy, like.
1: So so it was one of those like feverish comedy writing ideas where you're all together and you're all laughing and you're. Sleep deprived and your blood sugar's low, and you're like, and and he's pitching this idea where we uh, have a, a a person dressed as Little Lord Fauntleroy that gets called up from the audience. We ask him if he ate it all the chocolates. He <laughs> says he didn't <laughs> eat all of the chocolates, and then we ask him again, and he says yes. And then he goes over one of our knees, and we spank him. And yeah. that was the whole thing. And we were laughing like idiots on the street at like, and I guess because the Black Friday Comedy Marathon always takes place on Black Friday, so this is probably. Two days before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. uh, and we're just out on the street laughing about this insane idea. And then, like that's—it's one of those that we put on the on our board of bits. And I kind of thought it just wasn't going to happen. I thought no one was going to have a little Lord funnerie outfit. And I thought, uh, w- when you know, in the cold light of day,
0: we'll look at this and go, <laughs> "This is <laughs> insane. We can't do this. Um, Wait, that's insane." And oh, the. I mean, a Little while far where he's insane, but you know, killing a plant with bleach and it was like <laughs> that was where you drew the line of insane. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's fair. <laughs> um
1: So uh we um So so the the time comes, it's and in our heads we all have this is gonna be Mike Watkins. And I was I think I even was like this is a mean thing to do to a person this is like an actually humiliating bit to put somebody (laughs) through you're gonna physically spank them uh you know little lord fauntleroy outfit. and like we don't even know if this bit's gonna be funny or just something that we yeah we thought uh, thought up kind of feverishly um and then mike watkins had some uh uh, issue happen and he couldn't come to Mm -hmm. the black friday Comedy marathon and so then i was like okay well then it's chris mcgrail because it was Chris's idea, right? So if Chris wants it to happen, it should be Chris McGrail. And Chris was like, "It should be Matt, because Matt looks young." <laughs> um, Which, to be fair, yes, you do. That's like.
0: true.
1: That's true. And um, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to. I don't. I, that, like, that, that, I mean. I'm tw- 25 probably hours into hosting this thing. Mm-hmm. I have like 12 to go. Because it was
0: definitely like either r- really late in the morning. Like, it was definitely overnight time. Ta- yes, like, true. Um, but then the next year, okay. apparently there's a bit where you guys are like deconstructing and like discussing. Discussing this exact issue. Yeah. yeah uh, which I wasn't there for. And i I'm really bummed I missed at this point like
1: and uh and so they set up like a little like a little mock trial <laughs> and put me and Chris, and I was asleep uh actually we were both asleep, but Chris was wasted uh, at his <laughs> sleep, and I was just asleep, and they wake us both up, and they're like, we're doing this, we're doing little Lord Fauntleroy, and I was like, no, I don't fucking want to do this because what they had come up with was that we'd we'd have we'd have we'd they'd hold a fake court, and we'd both say our sides of why we. <laughs> about why we thought we were right on mm. the day of the last F- Black Friday Comedy Marathon and then the audience would vote and whoever whoever lost would have to dress up like Little Lord Fauntleroy <laughs> and get on the lap of whoever won and be spanked. Um, and I was like... First of all, I was, I'm asleep. Second of all, <laughs> I don't want to dress up like Little Lord Fauntleroy and be spanked. Third of all, I don't really want to spank Chris. <laughs> uh, and we sit on stage, and I'm just kind of, like, depressedly going over, like, this is why I didn't want to do it. I thought I'd, like, it was, like, it's, I already, like, and I, I think I went really dark with it. I was like, I already struggle with depression and self-worth <laughs> oh, issues. <my> God. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, and like, like, clearly, that's just me, like, milking the situation, uh, being, ex- like, totally exploitive. Um, but, yeah, and then Chris gives his side of the story, and he's drunk, so he's basically like, look at him. Doesn't he look like little Lord Fauntleroy? Right? Wouldn't it be funny to spank his bottom? Um, and then, uh, then it goes to the audience. And they're like, "Who thinks Chris is right?" And one guy is like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing where one person cheers and realizes they're the only one cheering, and it it's totally <laughs> awkward. <laughs> And then they're like, who thinks Matt is right? And the audience just like erupts. And I honestly, I thought I was going to dress up. Like, I thought I was going to lose this because I thought, like, they're like, Matt's ego, like, kept him from doing this. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, the only thing. He was being ridiculous. But no, the audience totally sides with me almost unanimously, except for that one asshole. (laughs) But then it sucked. Then Chris got on my lap, dressed as Little Lord Fauntleroy, and then he pulled his pants down so I just spank his bare ass. (sighs) (sighs) <sighs>
0: <sighs> it was awful comedy is bad and no one should do it uh so hey your hair We're cool doesn't do the, the monthly shows at Latage, and you what did you guys end with uh what was that show called selfie was oh, that no no what, no no that, no. that was, it was one just, of the last but like
1: it was just the two years that we did the Black Friday Comedy Marathon. We didn't want to then have to write an right. entire show, so it, it was
0: bring your own material or else we're watching selfie or, or something. Yeah, yeah. If,
1: yeah. The audience was expected to bring their own material, and for every minute that the audience didn't fill up with their own <laughs> shit, we would just watch the TV show selfie and talk about it. Um, yeah, we did that twice. <laughs> we did that twice. <laughs> what? Comedy is bad. Why do you do this podcast? Why are you trying to trick people into thinking comedy is good? It's bad.
0: Why am I even yelled at my own? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you know... By me. multiple people tonight. You honestly
1: know I'm yelling at myself in that moment. <laughs>
0: um, all right, but now your big thing, or at least the big thing okay. I know about, is uh, Dungeon Pals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where does this come from?
1: Uh, so, also from Hey, We're Cool. At some point during Hey, We're Cool, uh, I'd say, you know, it'd be fun. Uh, we should have the audience play Dungeons & Dragons on stage. Um, or no, we should have the or we should have some comedians play Dungeons and Dragons on stage in front of the audience, and everyone's like, no, that's a stupid idea. No one wants <laughs> to see that. And I was like, no, I think it'll be funny. Uh, and so they were like, okay, you can have it, but you can ha- you can have it like, we're not gonna do like a big chunk of an adventure. We'll do like. 10 minutes, then 10 minutes, then 10 minutes, like, mm-hmm. split up throughout the show. And it went kind of bad. Like, the, it was funny when it was on, but, like, the third the third chunk of the adventure, nobody was paying attention. Like, people were just chatting at the bar. Right. It went kind of bad, and I was like, no, I think it will be good if we do it, like, if we did it all together. <laughs> and, like, people got invested in the story and their characters and, um... But they never let me try it on Hey, We're Cool again. <laughs> so I brought it to Good, Good Comedy. Well, when it was $5 Comedy Week. Yeah. And I pitched a workshop called How to Be Bad at Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. Where, uh, I, where my friend and dungeon master, Josh Arnold, who was also the dungeon master on this, uh, that installment of Hey, We're Cool. He would lead the audience through a game of Dungeons and & Dragons. And I would walk around trying to sabotage it. Okay. Um, I was just walk around giving everybody the worst advice I could, telling mm-hmm. them how to be shitty players. The first thing I did to make the game fail was I brought, uh, like, 20 people up on stage to play all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> game of Legend of Dragons doesn't really work with 20 people. Um, and then a couple, like, maybe a year later when um, $5 Comedy Week is now Good Good Comedy, or the $5 Comedy Week team. Right starts good good comedy and they start doing shows regularly um they're like hey remember that Dungeons and Dragons thing that you did for us do you want to do a show like that but like not like the workshop like just an actual playing Dungeons and Dragons on stage with comedians I was like oh I did that I already did that I already did that I know how to do that (laughs) um and then um but and by that point I had started learning to like dungeon master my own D&D games and uh and so I, I just took over as dungeon master. And yeah, now for, I guess, like 14 months. And you're doing it at the Renaissance Fair.
0: Yeah,
1: so. Yeah, so I've been doing the show Dungeon Pals, but then uh, we got actually from the workshop, How to Be Bad at Dungeons and Dragons, the, uh, one of the owners of the Pennsylvania, or the, not the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Renaissance yeah. Fair reached out to me and she was like, hey, I was at that weird thing you did at five dollar comedy <laughs> week the where you brought us all on stage would you want to do something like that again um but at the renaissance <laughs> fair and i was like fuck yes oh my god yes uh like i'm i'm getting paid for that and like i would have i would have paid to do that to go to the renaissance fair and play dungeons and dragons with strangers <laughs> holy shit
0: don't Air that part. No, I'm just kidding. It will be close enough to the thing that they, you know, you've already signed whatever. And yeah, that's true. That's true. I've signed a contract. Um, I didn't ask earlier, uh, which is really weird, uh, and I'm glad I remembered. Favorite Saturday Night Live cast member? Oh, uh, well, uh, because I was
1: bad at comedy when I was younger, I didn't really watch Saturday Night Live. I have a f- distinct memory of Chris Elliott talking about a p- a
0: penis cream with Steve Martin. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's a. That's all I remember. That's a real thing. So you're gonna Okay, Chris Elliott. Yeah, but
1: I love Chris Elliott. I love everything else Chris Elliott's done. And I like you know, I I dip into Saturday Night Live occasionally here and there. I mean, could I say instead of any cast member, could I just say David S. Pumpkin's the character? Like could he just be my (laughs) Uh, that
0: that, No, we're gonna go Chris Elliott. Like you can like David S. Pumpkins. Chris Elliott's a weird one because he was already like he was one of those guys that was already famous and was already like that was another season where they brought in people that already had names with him and Michael McKeon. like right it's a weird season for sure i haven't watched much of it i haven't either yeah. but like just knowing who's on that cast mm-hmm. like what are you trying to do here like it's bizarre um all right so why why comedy why do you keep doing stuff um, even though you've, you've said multiple times that, that comedy bad. is bad it's bad and everyone should quit <laughs> uh
1: i don't know well because so this is the thing. It's very dumb. Comedy is very like, like dumb and, and has no form and no rules. I, that's, I know those aren't, I know you can apply rules and forms right. to comedy, and people do it very successfully. But like the main rule of comedy is just be funny, make people laugh. And so you can apply that to so much bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so like any like... I don't know. Anytime that I'm thinking like, oh, I should get serious about comedy, and I should really work on like, um, work on like, like doing sketch or doing improv more, or I should like write a stand-up set. My mind always like dives off on a weird in a weird direction, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, no, I should do a a, sh- a a show at somebody's house where we celebrate uh, New Year's Eve seventy times in a row, <laughs> and I eat a, r- a raw potato as a hangover cure, and then it's like. I can, people let me do that <laughs> um, and let, let me and my friends just hang out and do those sorts of things. Uh, that's the other reason why comedy is just the people in it are so cool. Mm. Like, like, I think 90% of the reason why I still do comedy is because I feel like, I w- I, I feel like I'd lose all my friends if I stopped. Right. <laughs> um, everybody, everybody in it is so cool and so fun. To, it's so fun to just hang out with people and do dumb
0: shit and laugh. Uh, And then, finally, any advice for someone new in the scene? I mean, just...
1: (laughs) It's uh, it's dumb, but just just do whatever. Just do whatever pops into your head. Just constantly. And some of it's going to be really bad. (laughs) Um, Like a parody of The Twilight Zone about being gay. And some of it is... And and, and and some of it's going to be completely insane, and you're going to be embarrassed about it, either because you put yourself in a strange position that you wouldn't have otherwise, if not to be laughed at. And some of it, like the little Lord Fauntleroy thing, <laughs> um, and some, uh, but and some of it will just be just straight up bad. Like no one will laugh, and it won't be fun. But like, you can just do whatever. You can find your own stages. You can book your own time, and any weird idea you have you should just put on stage that's it that's just that that's my only advice is just do do whatever do whatever all right thanks matt yep thank you
2: <laughs> matt will be
0: performing how to be bad at D at the philly ren fair The Philly Ren Fair takes place at Fort Mifflin, May 13th, 14th, 20th, and 21st, over two weekends. For more information and tickets, head to phillyrenfair.com, and that's fair with an E at the end, you know, to stay on brand. And then, Dungeon Pals returns to Good Good Comedy on May 31st at 8.30. Head to goodgoodcomedy.com for tickets. Don't forget that the new Fit Sketch team debuts this week, they are no longer codenamed Bacchus, but now they are Fezziwig. They debut Thursdays and Fridays, the 11th, the 12th, 18th, and 19th at Philly Improv Theater. And all of those shows start at 8.30. Tickets, of course, are available at fitcomedy.com. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band No-No, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And of course, like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Join me next week when I chat with Andrea Duffy of Fezziwig. But in the meantime, go see some comedy.